So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your trail phenom SP3. We are live on the Wrestle Binge by Sports Kita and Sports Kita Wrestling Facebook page for another edition of Smack Talk, talking about WWE SmackDown and AEW Rampage. I am here with the legendary manager, wrestler, historian extraordinaire, Dutch well, I'm not, Mantel. I'm not an historian. You're a historian. Well, I, I can, but don't ask me when or where, and I can tell you what happened maybe, but I don't know where it was or when it was, but I, I remember some things anyway. So we watched, uh, where is Rick tonight? I have no idea. I literally just, just saw that uh, maybe like 30 minutes ago, Rick told us he's not going to show up. Yeah, and the way he wrote it on text, like, please help me get drunk or not. Let him spell. No, really, he said his two his two kids were were ill, and he didn't feel well himself. Okay. Said, yeah, take care of those take care of those young ones. Of course, of course. Taking care of your dead decrepit old ass, so he needs to. <laughs> and he can tell them then, hey, I missed the sports key to show a lot of times for you kids. So Absolutely. Remember- so we, we we send our best to to Rick and the family to his kids, and he Rick will be back with us next week for the go home show for AEW Revolution. We watched three hours of professional wrestling tonight: WWE SmackDown, AEW Rampage. Um, I mean, you're making me you're making my other personality come out. I did watch three hours of it. It was three hours. What I do, this is my routine, okay? I don't start to about 20 to 9. Okay. Because I tape it. Then I go through it and write, and I got it timed down. It's a science. I got it timed down now to where it ends. I speed it up, and then I got maybe 10 minutes left. And then I can go right to Rampage. So now I'm not watching three hours straight because, seriously, that's a – that's a hell of a chore to task somebody. Watch three hours and then come back and, and talk about, oh, we can do it. But but this is the big difference I saw between AEW and the WWE tonight presentation. AEW, after watching Raw, I mean, uh, SmackDown, it's dark. It is so dark and it looks a little fuzzy. It looks like they shot it with a camera from 2005 or something. I don't know, but there is a big, big difference. 
and it's not bright. It's kind of dark. So I'm sitting back there, I guess I said, what the hell? I'm trying to see it. And their lighting is nowhere close to what WWE lighting is. See, I, I talked to the people who used to do the lighting for WWE. I don't know if the same people do it now or not. This was several years ago. I asked them what to light up any arena like they do for TV. You know what they said it cost? 60 grand. 60 grand just for lighting. I'll tell you what, AEW, they need to get people some flashlights. That'd be a lot cheaper so they could just shine it in the ring or shine it at somebody coming down the ramp. Hey, I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying this in a constructive manner. So if Tony is listening, Tony, people notice that. I noticed that. For the people, good evening, SP and Dutch. Uh, back again because of the weather and being behind on my shows. What's where, where are you at? Welcome Chris? back, it Welcome be, back Chris. It must be Welcome in the um, we're gonna start with, with SmackDown this week because, uh, yeah, because it's, it's the same thing I say every week it's the bloodline segments and then there's everything else. Yeah, there, um, there is. There is so, so let's talk about the bloodline segments. Let's just get it out the way. Let's pull off the bandaid. Uh, we started off the show with a recap of what went down at elimination chamber with Roman Reigns retaining the undisputed WWE universal championship against Sami Zayn in his hometown of Montreal and Kevin Owens coming out to make the save. We also seen the footage of Monday night raw where Kevin Owens rejected Sami Sami Zayn's proposal for them to work together to take down the bloodline. We then saw Jimmy Uso arriving at the building, but he hasn't been in touch with Jay. He has left Jay multiple uh, voice messages, and he says that they he wants to meet him in the middle of the ring tonight, and Jay can get everything off his chest. And then throughout the night, Dutch, we saw backstage segments with Jay and Solo Sokoa. It was mostly Jay talking, saying that he thinks Jay, uh, well, Jimmy, excuse me, Jimmy talking to Solo Sokoa, saying that he thinks Jay is shaken up after Montreal. So Paul Heyman suggests that Jimmy deal with Jay on his own tonight. Solo Sokoa will stay in the back with him, and Jimmy appears to agree. We then see a second backstage segment. Where Jimmy is talk is thinking about the the uh, the segment with Jay coming up, and Paul Heyman says that he just got off the phone with Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns will return to SmackDown next week, and he says that if Jimmy can't deal with Jay tonight, then Roman will personally handle Jay next week. And that leads us to the final segment of the show where Jimmy Uso comes out and he he basically is making a plea to his brother. He says that he knows that Jay is hurting and when Jay hurts, he hurts too. He'll always be there for his brother and now he needs his brother here. There are some cracks in the bloodline and Jimmy needs his brother, but instead of his brother... Out comes his honorary oose through the crowd. Sami Zayn. Picking his nose and everything. No wonder he's in trouble with everybody. Sammy, 
Sammy says he keeps hearing Jimmy talking about his brother, and that's what Jimmy used to be to him. Jimmy was the only one who saw value in Sammy Zayn, and he was the one who made Zayn an honorary ooze. Even when Jay wouldn't accept him into the bloodline, Jimmy did. When Paul Heyman didn't see value in Sammy, Jimmy did. And he said then at the Royal Rumble, Jimmy didn't hesitate to take down Sammy Zayn without a second thought. And that hurt him a lot. But Jimmy comes back at Sammy with a fiery promo. He says that he blames Sammy for all of this, for making the choice, for pulling the trigger and hitting Sammy, Roman Reigns. Sammy was blaming him, right? That's what huh? he said. Didn't he say, Don't you're blaming me for this? That's what he yep. said, right? That's actually yeah. it's actually a pretty good, pretty good interview. I thought it was a great promo by Jimmy, probably one of his best works ever. He says, what was Jimmy says what he was supposed to do? He says uh, he said it was all about family. And he says his family doesn't wouldn't betray him. And Zane says family doesn't make you test your loyalty every week or manipulate you like Reigns has done to himself or Jay. And this brings out Jay in the crowd. The crowd erupts when Jay comes out uh, through the crowd. As Sammy says, there's a way for out for Jimmy. He doesn't have to go down with the ship. At this point, Sammy sees Jay in the crowd and Jimmy attacks him after the distraction. He looks up at Jay and he's telling Jay to come down, to come down. Jay slowly comes down the stairs. But as he's doing that, Sammy hits Jimmy with the haluva kick. Jay has made his way to the barricade and Sammy sees Solo Sokoa about to come out. So he bails through the crowd. They have a little look at each other, Jay and Sammy before Sammy runs off. Zayn uh, runs into the crowd to end the show while Jay never said anything, did anything but staring at the whole scene. And I thought this whole segment was really well done and the build up to it was very well done. Um, But it's going to be very interesting what goes down next week, Dutch, when Roman Reigns is back and how he handles Jay personally but what did you think about this final segment the promo from jimmy uso the promo from sammy Zayn? well it was the only the only thing in the show that was to me that meant anything the rest of them were just matches and pretty good matches there were nothing wrong with the matches of course the presentation was great like i said before they had a lot of bright lights and all but what they did they just uh maintenanced this angle they didn't advance it. They didn't retard it. They just kept it on its straight line. So it's exactly the same spot it was before the show started. But now the people have something to look forward to. Now they're looking forward to what is Roman going to do? And I don't know what they're going to do there, but I have an idea that at one point they have to bring all that crew together. They have to bring Roman and Sammy and the two Usos and Kevin Owens and Cody Rhodes. They all got to get the starting team on the field so we can look at them. I don't know if that's going to be next week or the week after. I wouldn't think we'd, we'd do that the week before WrestleMania. The next week or the week after that, I think you're going to, you're going to see Cody involved in this somewhere because he needs to be because he's facing Roman at WrestleMania. And I think that we're, we're going to have KO 
and Sammy team up against the Usos, which to me is a very, very strong main event and and uh, sub-main event. Actually, when I used to work, you know, for territories, they wouldn't just have one main event. They would say two main events, and they'd advertise. I've even seen three main events. Well, it's a two-night WrestleMania, so you can have two main events. Well, okay, that's what we're going to do then. I'm glad you brought that up. So but, that, that's been a, a, a interesting topic of discussion this week because in the uh, Wrestling Observer newsletter, it said that the WWE's current plans is to have Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley main event night one of WrestleMania. But there are many fans that believe that whatever is going down between the Usos, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, that should main event night one. Of course, the night two main event is already sealed up. It's going to be Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns. But what do you think, Dutch? Do you think it should be the women's match with Charlotte and Rhea? Or do you think it should be uh, the tag team title, projected tag team title match of the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? I would go with the program. I would go with what they've been working on for six or eight months. Rhea and Charlotte Flair, I don't think it's the main event. I don't think it's a main event. It may be a main event match, but that's not up to me. That's up to the fans. They determine that. I don't. But I would go with, with uh, Sammy and KO against the Usos. And I'm sure they're going that way. They have nowhere else to go. I mean, that's what they've been shooting at. Of course, we're still in the dark of whether KO and Sammy can coexist. And they got a great story going, so I, I'm, I'm sure they, they planned it out well. We will see. But uh, let me ask you this. This past week, I got to get this in. Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez had this big, long-ass discussion about Sammy should have won in Montreal. And I don't get it. So I come up with the line, tell me you're a mark. Without telling me you're a mark. <laughs> so they're out there saying, oh, yeah, it would have been a great moment in WWE. I granted. They said, oh, yeah, but he can beat him on down the road, but it wouldn't be like Montreal. No, it wouldn't be. But after they worked on this, on Roman, for three years, for him to go up against Sammy, who is the weakest one of all of them, and lose, I don't know how he would lose. I don't think that would... That wouldn't even fare good for anybody. I don't think it would even help Sammy. Because Sammy needs Roman. He needs the bloodline because that's what got him over. Without them, I don't know where he'd be. He'd probably still be back in third or fourth match. But he fit in this perfectly because he was uh, he wanted to be with them so bad and finally got in and then it ended up. Because we, we knew it would end up this way. But the way they went into it, brilliant so don't give it away on on the first night the old saying in wrestling is they will come to see the good guy win but if he had won he goes up against roman they will not come to see the bad guy win they just won't do that i mean later on i i guess the mood could change on it but i think what they did at wrestlemania was brilliant i mean not wrestlemania uh, on the elimination chamber was brilliant and they know what they're doing and they would have to re- almost revamp everything and they're not going to do that. So I, I agree. Right Roman Reigns. 
should have won. My only and kiss my butt. Shut up. That's why you've never fucked anywhere. My only nitpick is that there should have been some type of progression at the elimination chamber. Like we to come out of the elimination chamber and we didn't get where you know where Jay Uso's loyalty lies. We didn't get the Sami Zayn Kevin Owens reunion. I say you know you're not going to get the big pop of Sami Zayn winning. I don't think that was the right decision. They should have that done that if they want to stay the course with Roman being the champion going into WrestleMania versus Cody Rhodes. I totally understand that. But they could have gave us a, the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens reunion or a, or a fake reunion. They could have they could have hugged and then Kevin pushes them away and then you can continue on with the story of they still have to get connected but he gets caught up into the moment and he hugs them to get the big pop from the crowd that you don't get by Sammy winning at least you get it with Sammy and KO hugging that's why I felt like the finish it, it let down what was a tremendous match in my opinion. Well, I agree there. I thought they would actually do that though. That's what I he's coming down and. He don't want to do it. He don't want to do it. And finally, Sammy is begging him and begging him. And, and then his wife is begging him and begging him. And the whole crowd is saying, join him, join him, join him. And finally, he says, screw it and hugs him. Then you get your big pop. I agree 100% with that. that. That's what I thought they were going to do anyway. Now, see, when Triple H called me last week and asked me about this whole finish, I just told him straight up that Sid didn't like his shit. I heard his feelings, by the way. So. No, but I, I thought they would do something. They they needed a they needed a big pop because it was, and I one thing that Meltzer and uh, Alvarez said that was accurate was you'll never get a moment like this again, not with him. Yeah, and I agree with that because yeah, if he wins now, the crowd's happy. But now what? Now you got to, like I said, now. Roman's coming back, trying to get it back. But see, he's already, I mean, if he had won, that would be that, and they didn't change it, it'd be Cody versus Sammy. Would you see, you buy a ticket to see that? No. no, There's no zip to it. But with Roman, after they worked on him for three years, and I remember when they used to boo the crap out of him as a baby face, but now he found his, his little niche, I guess is, is that word. And he fell into it, and he's a damn good one. Hey, we have a voting, uh, the Sports Kita Wrestler of the Year contest coming up, right? We have the Sports Kita Wrestling Awards. The The voting is now live. Folks, you can vote on, you know, the male wrestler of the year, the female wrestler of the year, tag team of the year, rookie of the year, feud of the year, match of the year. It is up on sportskita.com as well as the social media platforms. You can vote right now for the Sports Kita Wrestling Awards. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go and ask you a different one because you seem to always talk about the male wrestler of the year we've talked about female wrestler of the year what was your favorite match of the year from 2022 dutch oh i can't remember that no i'm from 2022 yes when did gunther have his match with uh seamus that was in february i miss in january no, the the Sheamus the the Sheamus match was uh, last September. That was Clash at the Castle. That does count. I like that the best. I like that because of its simplicity 
and its brutality. Because the people sat back and said, wow, these guys are laying it in. And I know Seamus, and I've heard of Gunther. They don't mind that. And I've talked about it before, the old Johnny Valentine of years and years and years ago. He'd go, I mean, night after night after night. That's just when they were working four or five nights a week, so six nights a week. And he'd go 40 minutes a night. He didn't get warmed up to after 20 minutes. So the people, when he came to the ring, they sat down. They, they just knew that this match wasn't going to be over in 10 minutes. So they sat down and got comfortable. And at the end, through psychology and knowing what he was doing, he would, he would have them on their feet. Brilliant ring uh, commander. He had, General. Had, yeah, he had them exactly where he wanted them. So, but Gunther, you, you're talking about the women. Who was, uh, who would be your woman wrestler of the year? A woman's wrestler of the year, I think, uh, with Sports Kita, it's just going to be a WWE or AEW. Then I would go with uh, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair was Raw Women's Champion for much of the year, winning the title at WrestleMania 38. She had some great matches, whether it be that match with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 38 when she won the championship, a uh, great triple threat with uh, Becky and Asuka, Helena Cell, another great match with Becky at SummerSlam. A, a really good series with Bailey with a ladder match and the last woman standing match. She won at war games. They have really made her into like the, the female John Cena with how they booked her so strong throughout uh, 2022. So if it's just between WWE and AEW, that would be my pick. What about you? I, w- I would pick her too. Even including that 25 second loss. Well, no, that was 2021. We we got to forget that. Forget that out of your brain. Up in the years on me. I can't remember that stuff. But anyway, I think she's been the one they pushed the most. And I think she will get it, like, hands down. And I, I think that uh, Roman Reigns will get male wrestler of the year, hands down, except I'm not voting for him. Out of protest, I'm voting for Gunther. He's my, he's, he's my favorite. And uh, what's Chris Alford saying then? Hey, Chris, it's going to cost you five bucks, buddy, to vote. Hey, Stephen Chambers, that's going to cost you ten. Just for- all right, so you mentioned Gunther. Let's get let's get back into SmackDown. The opening matchup was a trios matchup, six man tag, as it was Imperium, uh, Gunther, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci versus Madcap Moss, Ricochet, and Braun Strowman. This one uh, went just under eleven minutes. It came it down. He came down to Gunther and Madcap Moss in the ring, and Gunther delivered a big old power bomb for the win to give Imperium the victory. Early on, like midway through the matchup, Drew McIntyre came out into the entranceway to watch this matchup. It seemed to be like the first tease that we may be getting Gunther versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania 39. Post-match, McIntyre looked like he was going to come to the ring. He takes his jacket off, but he's attacked from behind by yeah. the Vikings. 
Viking Raiders. We then get uh, Sheamus coming out to even the odds, but they are still beaten down by the Viking Raiders until Braun Strowman and Ricochet come through to help them out. And then um, I don't know what happened to Imperium, but I was just totally thrown <laughs> off by this post-match here. I understand Viking Raiders may want revenge for, you know, Drew and Sheamus beating them last week, but it felt like I've seen that same segment 101 times now. It seems like they, when it should be, the focus should be right now on Drew getting to Gunther, or maybe, I think it really should be Drew and Sheamus uh, in a triple threat with Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, but I don't know where they're going. It seemed like they're now moving on to Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Viking Raiders, but Dutch, what did you think about the opening six-man tag and this post-match? Well, it was okay till they did it was convoluted at the end. Yeah. He thought Andrew uh, uh, thought McIntyre was going to enter the ring some, somewhere after Gunther, but the Viking Raiders, they dispelled that thought. And then it was just, it was okay, but that's about all I can say about it. I don't know who's mad at who, to tell you the truth. So we should be mad at them for leading us that way. We should be the hot ones. But uh, I don't know where they're going to take that. But Gunther, I mean, uh, the monster of all monsters and little acrobat. Ricochet. They just fell in the spot now. See what I mean? They're not, and so is Imperium. They're just filling in the spot. I know Gunther is with them, and that's a way to expose him on TV. But SmackDown, even though the, the last segment was good, still, it, it all looked like maintenance. I know we're 35, out, uh, 35, 35 days out from WrestleMania. I, I believe I believe you're right. We got it. We got about five more episodes of SmackDown before WrestleMania. And they in SoFi Stadium, right? In L.A.? Yes, correct. Seats, how many Are you people? going? Oh, I'm going to be there. I already got my ticket. Good. Yeah, I'm on the front, I'm on the front row of the corner. You should you should have me sit next to you. Get me a ticket too. <laughs> what what is the capacity in that stadium? Uh, I believe it's about 70,000 70, or so. But that's not with seats on the floor. Maybe let me right? let me double check here. What's the capacity? It may have for capacity. so far. But in fixed seats. Yeah, seventy thousand. But they're gonna have seats on the on the on the field. So that should be another 10,000, 15,000 there, wouldn't you think? 10, well, I, know, I know right now they're selling really good. They have a, almost, I think, over 55,000 sold for both nights, and they just opened up more seats. So I think they're going to try to hit that 70,000 number. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll do well. They're, they're, they will do good. And sometimes they do good not off the strength of the car just because it's an event. It's an annual event. It's a, it's a big deal. So I, I, I wish them a lot of luck. Uh, the second, hey, they had two girls matches tonight too. Yes. Yeah, so let's get into uh, what they what they did with the Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio angle because Dominic Mysterio was here tonight. Uh, first, you had Ray with a promo talking about his matchup with Karrion Cross, but yep. he was interrupted by Santos Escobar. Seems like they're leaning more to Escobar becoming a babyface, possibly. They are. 
he talks about his respect for Rey Mysterio and he wants to display it to him. He said that uh, Rey tells him that that's mutual, but someone who doesn't have respect for him is Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley who interrupt. Uh, Rhea, Dominic talks down to Escobar saying he's always trying to show respect to his father and Escobar doesn't like Dominic's tone. Uh, they seem to set up a match between these two, but Rhea Ripley steps in between them and uh, Dominic and Rhea walk off. This leads into to later in the night where we have Rey Mysterio going one-on-one with Karrion Cross. This was a rematch from a few weeks back. Uh, this was fine. This was fine for what it was. It's a big man, little man type of matchup. It gets uh, just about eight and a half minutes. Uh, Ray looks like he's about to get the win when he goes for the 619, but Scarlet is leaning over the rope. So when he hits the ropes, Scarlet bounces into the ring. That distracts the referee. So when Ray goes for the 619, Dominic comes out the crowd and he grabs Ray. He then pulls him to the outside and tells him, to hit me, hit me. He's still daring his father to hit him. This distracts Ray long enough for Cross to hit the cross hammer, and he follows up with the cross jacket for the choke out victory. After the matchup, Dominic once again dares his father to, to hit him. Uh, Ray is, go- is going through the emotions, and even though Dominic pushes him, mushes him in the face, Ray cannot bring himself to striking his son. Uh, the crowd gave a, this a really good reaction and gave a great reaction to Dominic throughout the night. He was in one more segment, which we'll get into, but what did you think about this matchup here between Cross and Mysterio and the follow-up with Ray and Dom? Well, I thought the match was the best it could be because you have the big man, the little man deal. And I I think Cross, he's not used to working with guys like uh, Mysterio. So he has to change his style. But I'm not worried about that. I I want to know the story. And I think that's what most fans want to know. The story with Dominic and Mysterio. And they went actually longer when he was saying, you want to hit me? You want to hit me? You want to hit me? And he was in the crowd. They were saying, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. But he didn't hit him. Now they still got that. To, and when he hits him, it's going to finally bring the roof in because he has constrained himself or contained himself up to this point of not, of not just slap, slapping his kid. So, which I thought was really, really good segment. And uh, they will come down, I'm sure, to a match between Mysterio and Dominic. They have to. And we'll see where it goes from there. I'm very, really, I'm, I'm interested in how they would work that match. Because Mysterio, he knows how to work it. And you got a lot of agents back there or people that help put these ma- matches together. I want to see that match. I just want, and I want to see... I want to see the, the fans' reaction to it. See, in this, they've already brought Mysterio's raised wife into it and his sister, too, right? Yeah. Oh, the whole family's been involved and in they, this one. And it's a family deal. And people can put themselves, I think, if you make it personal, like my old buddy Jerry Jarrett, rest in peace, he used to say, if you make it personal, they'll buy it. Because they'll believe it. I've said this a hundred times. They'll believe it till you give them a reason to disbelieve it. And people can put themselves in that situation. What would I do? Yeah. Because I even called myself, punch. I said, punch in. Punch in. <laughs> 
I was the same way. I'm like, I'm like, it's been long enough, Ray. You need to beat oh, yeah. your son. You need to beat your son's ass. That's what I think. <laughs> no kidding. But and that could be a, you know, you're going to get uh, Ripley in there somewhere on top of this, and I mean, they got a lot of ways they can go. Tonight was a maintenance show, and we had a lot of things to look forward to next week with Roman being back. How's that going to end up? And of course, you know, I said Cody has to enter the picture somewhere, and Kevin Owen, Owens has to enter the picture somewhere, and we need our whole starting team in the main events on the field at the same time on TV, which I think we'll get within the next two weeks. I think so too. I think once once March is going, they're gonna pull the trigger on a couple of the things with the KO and Sammy reuniting, Cody being more involved with this whole bloodline thing, Ray punching his son in the face. All those things need to happen by the time we get into uh, like mid March. And you see, it's almost like Cody coming back when he came back, and then getting hurt when he got hurt. That was when Vince was still. Yeah, in WWE, then Vince has to step aside off creative, and then of course he comes back. But now Cody is coming back. He's he's well, or well enough to go, I guess. And what a time he picked! I mean, he didn't pick it. I think, uh, I think it, it, it was just the right time. He's lucky that he and, and his injury actually is going to work for him. Yeah. Because Kept him out, and it kept them from kind of hurting his brand before it was time to display it. Remember, my my biggest concern about Cody coming back was give him two or three weeks or four or five weeks, and he'll just be another guy. By him getting hurt and coming back and them putting the emphasis on him, it's really good for Cody. So. He's a hot commodity right now, but let's talk about the other segment that included Dominic tonight. They were billing this as Charlotte Flair going face-to-face with Rhea Ripley throughout the night ahead of WrestleMania. Charlotte comes out. She says she doesn't like Rhea Ripley and brings up the last time they were in the ring together. She invites Rhea Ripley out and says that she's Mm -hmm. nervous to be in the same ring with Charlotte. This brings out Dominic Mysterio, who gets massive amounts of heat. He says that charlotte is in over her head he says that no woman uh, has ever entered the royal rumble at number one and one but his mommy pulled it off he says Rhea ripley he says they say that women are the softer sex but ripley is a strong woman and when she hugs him she nearly breaks his back and when she makes sweet uh and charlotte cuts him off uh she says that i charlotte says i have a real latina man at home who calls me mommy with a much thicker accent yes. uh <laughs> dominic responds it says that he knows what it's like being compared to their fathers and he says that he and charlotte have a lot in common in being better than their fathers the fans don't like that but dominic says charlotte will find out 
as she isn't good enough at WrestleMania, just like her father said. Charlotte says that she loves her father who turns 74 tomorrow. Happy birthday, Nature Boy, and could beat up Dominic if he was here right now. But Charlotte says she's here, though, and gets in Dominic's face, which draws out Rhea Ripley. We get a stare down between Ripley and Flair, but Dominic... Yep. Ripley out before it gets vis it gets uh physical between the two. I like this little I like this decision here, Dutch, to bring out Dominic, who you know is gonna get heat. Therefore, you position Charlotte as the baby face because I think if this was Charlotte and Rhea in the ring together, I think the fans would have chose to cheer Rhea over Charlotte. But bringing Dominic out there, it made sure you kept Charlotte in the baby face position. Well, I'm looking at little Dominic, and he's not a little guy. And I'm looking at Charlotte Flair, because she had high heels on, but she looked like she was six inches taller than he was. I said, my God. But what they did here, they laid out three uh, entry paths for us. They laid out, oh, I got another Latino man or Hispanic man at home with a more thicker accent. So that's putting him in a match with and who's uh, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> Her husband is uh, AEW star Andrade. That's who she was referring to. So that's not going to set up a match. There. So, so is he still there? Yeah, he's still with AEW. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he may not be there in a month. Who knows? Who knows? So, who knows? Well, he was gone. Uh, no, he's, uh, he's just injured right now. Probably his feelings are injured. Probably. <laughs> Okay, and then uh, she brought up her, her daddy, Rick, which her old yep. entrance is patterned off his. And uh, and I will predict that I think Ripley walks away WrestleMania the women's champion. Yeah, I think everyone's saying that. I, I just really, my my honest my honest kind of assessment of this is, like I said, I enjoyed this segment because I thought it was the right decision in putting Dominic out there, who was always going to get heat. He's a heat magnet against Charlotte and keeping Charlotte in the babyface position. But at this point, we're like five weeks away to WrestleMania, Dutch. And I think the whole story of Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair is about paper thin. It's thin. And they they need they need they need probably Dominic more in this feud to get any heat out of it. One thing I don't know why she said I beat her three years ago. I'm thinking, oh man, that was three years ago. What's that got to do with now? Exactly. You mean, you mean the three years? All of a sudden, she just sat around and just didn't do anything to improve herself. See, she should have said she should have put her opponent over. It's what she should have done. But, and then say, I don't think she still has to, the guts to take it or the skills to take it. See, baby faces need to put their opponent over because if they do get beat, well, they're pretty good. And if they lose, they've lost to a nobody because now Charlotte has demeaned her and downgraded her skill in the ring. So, I don't think Charlotte. I don't think Charlotte came out ahead on 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 this interchange, exchange between them. I just don't. Yeah, I think I think like I said, this this got the heat and the reaction that they wanted, 
but I literally don't have another reason to want to see Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley outside. I know there's people out there that want to see it because it's going to be a great match. These are two talented women, but I need more than that. I need an actual story besides Triple H basically saying Visick man didn't get this right. So I'm going to try to do it right now. That's what this all comes off with. The fact that they keep leaning on the fact that Charlotte beat her three years ago. And we know Triple H has made it public information due to NXT conference calls that he felt Rhea Ripley should have won that matchup. Mm -hmm. Well, keep in mind that he's he's a a distance runner, Triple H. He's not going to hotshot it because there's no need to. Because he's got all that video and all this stuff. Plus, he has live TV uh, five hours a week to get the story across. <clears throat> so, I think this will lead us to, of course, it's going to lead us to WrestleMania. But where do we go from there? But I'm sure he has a, he has a plan for it. So, we'll see. We shall see. We got a super chat donation here. Uh, Dutch from... Our good friend, Rollin Curtis, with a big Super Chat donation. Thank you so much, Rollin. We always appreciate you showing your support for what we do here and sending those Super Chat donations because they help out the channel so much. He says, I'm a sucker for character progression. My only criticism of Bianca is that she's still the same character that beat Sasha at Mania. For 2022, male, it's easily Sammy for me. He went from jackass to main eventer in Less than a year. That's true. He went a he went a long way, and he and I don't think they had this idea when they put Sammy in there. They wanted to do something with him. They didn't know exactly what to do, and by them having patience, the fans, if you listen, the fans will tell you what they want, and they wanted to see Sammy somehow elevate himself. And he has. So I think everybody can actually be be happy about, about Triple H's booking or the creative team's booking because I think up to now they've, they've done it well and they haven't put the wagon in front of the horse and we'll take it from there. I, tonight's show was not as good as some of the others I've seen, but but it was still a decent show and a well-rounded show i think i thought i thought it was a decent enough show because the bloodline was was good as per usual and dominic mysterio was was a star on this show in my opinion we do got queen monet who says i loved it i do hope though that dom uh doesn't dominate this feud though he has his own story with ray let Rhea have hers there's no story queen monet i'm sorry there is no story it's just I should have beat you three years ago. So I'm going to beat you now and totally ignoring that they faced another five times between that. This is the seventh time we're going to see Rhea versus Charlotte in some combination. I need more of them creating a story between the two. Do you think most fans feel the same way you do? 
that's what I see on on social media. I see social media. It's 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 half and half. It's the people that agree with me that Rhea versus Bianca should have been the matchup, and going back to Charlotte seems like a regression more than progression for Rhea Ripley. And then there's the fans that are just like, "Well, it's going to be a good match, so I'm okay with it." They just totally ignore that there's no story to it. They just think it's going to be a great match, and they're just happy for it. <clears throat> well. I think there is a combination of Ray and Charlotte against Dom and Ray somewhere. Could do that. Uh, and we'll see where it goes. I don't know where it's going to go. And well, I don't have the answers. You don't either. They don't either. I mean, it's just they will all get together and say, what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? And, what do you th-? and they'll all throw it at Triple H. And then he'll sort it out, and then he'll disperse, work on this, this, and this, and that's how we get a show. That's how they do it every week. Uh, We had another women's segment. This was a women's matchup. You had Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Uh, Natalia was cleared earlier today. We saw a segment where with Adam Pierce was asking if she's been cleared and Tegan Knox offered to have her back to help with Ronda Rousey in Shayna Baszler's corner. This match was quick. It went just under three minutes. Uh, Shayna, uh, Natalia got distracted by Ronda Rousey on the outside. Shayna hits a knee to the face and then an arm bar to tap out Natalia. Post-match, the beatdown uh, continues with Ronda about to knee Natalia in the face again, but Tegan Knox makes the save, and this sets up a tag team match of Ronda and Shayna versus Natalia and Tegan Knox for next week's show. Any comments on this one? That was like a, it was just there. Yeah, it's all I can say. There's no, there's no edges to it. There's no. It was just a match. The finish kind of surprised me, really. Um, um, Natalia tapping out, that that kind of surprised me, and and taking Knox coming in and kind of sending them scurry, uh, scurrying, that kind of surprised me too. But we'll see again. That's why we watch wrestling because. How many times you heard this? Somebody goes to a wrestling match, and you see it online all the time. F this crap. I'm never, never, ever coming back to another WWE show or WCW show or AEW. Again, I'm done with it. And the next week, there they are. Well, I thought I was done with it. <laughs> Here I am again. I love it. But these fans, that's the backbone of this business. I mean, you can decide to like it or not like it. And if you don't like it, don't go see it. <clears throat> if you do, support it. That's the beauty of it. And the beauty of this show is we don't know what's going to happen either. We're just guessing. <clears throat> I'm guessing because I've heard it for 50 years, what they're going to do next week or whatever. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. So we'll see. We'll see who's, who's got the brains here. The fans are Triple H. We shall see. We shall see. Well, we earlier in the night, uh, we had LA Knight come out for a chat. Knight says that it's that time of the year as everyone is talking about one in their WrestleMania moment. He says the twist, though, is that Knight is going to give WrestleMania an LA Knight moment. He That cues up the New Day to interrupt, saying that that's not how WrestleMania works. Kofi mentions that Knight has been around for, what, about two and a half months, so he isn't getting everything 
handed to him. Uh, Knight calls them the nerd day, which Wood says being a nerd has made them a lot of money. And he talks about how Kofi Kingston uh, worked for 11 years to earn a WrestleMania moment. And he got that and won the WWE championship. Kofi and Knight get into it. And this leads to a one-on-one matchup. And this one gets a lot of time, Dutch. It gets odd. Uh, over 12 and a half minutes, uh, Kofi Kingston getting the win after a distraction from Xavier Woods with the trombone, and then Kofi hit, hitting Trouble in Paradise with LA Knight. These are all people that I enjoy. I enjoy LA Knight as a character. I enjoy him in the ring. I enjoy Kofi Kingston, the new day. I'm in love with it. But this matchup and it getting so much time, I cannot care less. I'll just be honest. I, I, I was like, why is this going like three segments? There's nothing to this. This, is a, this was a paper thin. It was all based on LA Knight wanting a WrestleMania. But well, I didn't think LA Knight would get over it, especially since they paired him up with Bray Wyatt from the beginning. But he has kind of gotten over it. Hey, yeah. let me talk to you. They're kind of getting with that now. What I didn't understand was leading into the finish, the blowing the trombone in his face. I've never seen that before. Stupid finish. And I don't know why they beat LA Knight. They need, they kind of need heels. I mean, and he needs to get his heat back after the Bray Wyatt. Uh, he, feud. He See, they, that's why I said he, he's not going to get over when they put him with Bray Wyatt first. He didn't emerge there with any heat, but he is kind of growing on me a little bit. And putting in him with uh, Kofi, and they he gets beat tonight. I'm like, wait a minute. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that with him. I would have. I would have put him over Kofi somehow. But I don't know. Again, that's me. I agree. But I actually I agree with you there. We get over now. We shall see. And speaking of Bray Wyatt, uh, that's the final segment we haven't talked about on the show. We get a <laughs> we get an episode. Started to pull out my bong and start hitting it after I was watching that. I said, "What the hell is this crap?" It didn't make it. I I did. I don't get it, man. Do you get it? Well, let me explain to the people. We get a Firefly Funhouse segment, but there's no one in the Firefly Funhouse. Everything goes red. Then we cut to Bray Wyatt in what looks like a home studio. He's watching himself challenging the winner of Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar ahead of Elimination Chamber. We then get a clip of Monday Night Raw where Lashley says he doesn't seem scared after winning at Elimination Chamber. So we go to the Funhouse News where Bray Wyatt and Reveling Rabbit hosting. Wyatt says that it's time for the weather, and we get a makeshift Uncle Howdy saying he's all of us. Then we get it's time for Can You Keep a Secret, complete with a Bray with a bad wig. And Bray says, Well, can you? We yeah. then look out the door of the Firefly Funhouse, and there's various scary images flashing on the screen, capped off by Bray in his new mask. And Bray asks if we can keep a secret. And that's it. I literally, I even wrote this on Twitter. I'll say this here. This was the most confusing and strangest. And that says a lot that this is the strangest. This is the strangest and most confusing Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt segment that I've seen in quite some time. We got no answers to anything coming out of this. 
what you said. I can't say it anymore because I'm watching it and it kind of went on longer than it should have gone on. Come on, guys, get out of it. I don't, man, it was really, really confusing. It really was. I thought I was back on drugs again, but no, I wasn't. That, that was really happening. I said, people that are not on, that, that are not drinking and are not doing drugs, straight people put this together. And I'm thinking, what's, does it get heat on Bray? Does he get attention on Bray, do you think? They didn't um, mention anybody else. Nope. So I don't know. Now, he did have Lashley and Brock in the video. But I don't know. He could have had damn Abraham Lincoln and damn John Johnson down the street. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. So It's very strange. Very strange. No, it was not that. It was not that ordinary. Strange is a mild word for it. Or that could have been put together by some by some drug-addled people. I don't know. I, you, I think someone was on drugs you, doing you that. So deep inside WWE, Bill. What you got down down there in the chamber? All right. So we didn't like that. I, I'll give it a one. <laughs> I mean, overall, overall, this was a decent enough maintenance show for SmackDown as they have five more weeks ahead of WrestleMania. But let's move on to Rampage. And Rampage it was kind of similar to SmackDown. Only one thing was really good on this show, and it was the opener. It was the opener to the show. Uh, you had Young Bucks opening up the show uh, in a tag team matchup against Aussie Open. This one got a bunch of time, and, and the Phoenix crowd, they were very hot for for this matchup uh aussie open really uh showing showing off their offense with a couple of double team moves i love how it kind of broke down at the end where a lot of the early action was the, you know the teams working together and hitting their double team moves then like at the midway point they just started not connecting with their moves with the young bucks missing the bte trigger the aussie open meet uh missing the meat in the middle uh but finally the young bucks were able to overcome a slight distraction with the lights went off a signal from the house of black uh where uh, Aussie Open hit the tombstone and Roy Boyalis for a close near fall and then they finally put things away with a series of stupor kicks and then the BTE trigger on Fletcher for the win this match got 18 minutes Dutch what did you think of it I, I know you're not familiar with Aussie Open but what did you think of them I thought Mark Davis of Aussie Open the bigger guy was the MVP of this matchup but I've, <clears throat> but I've seen him before they had him on once before in a single right yeah yeah I think I think so, I think they had him in the no the six man tag uh, a couple a couple of months ago. You're right. Well, he did one move I've never seen the double slam. I've never seen that. So, but they did some hellacious moves. Almost. I'm in. Hang on a minute. Quiet, please. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. They just come in here and start talking. Anyway, but uh, you'll have to edit that. But uh, <laughs> it is not edited yet. So, no. but anyway, they had some. Uh, they did have a, a, a. They had a lot of great moves, almost too many. But toward the end, I'm saying, wait a minute, these young bucks are not doing that super kick so much. I swear to God, bam, 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 bam. They hit about eight right in a row. I said, well, so much for that. 
They must not. Hey, if it. it works, if it if you have a move that works, why don't you just hit it all the time? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, anyway, it was a good match. Their team looked like they belonged, so they could put that team in there with almost anybody. So, not a bad match. Yeah, Aussie Open surprisingly isn't signed to any promotion. If after that matchup, I would definitely, if I'm Tony Khan, I would definitely be knocking on their door and trying to sign them to a contract because they could really be a nice addition to the tag team division. But Young Bucks right now, their focus is on the trio championships, but so is that the focus of the House of Black. After the match, the lights go out uh, once again, and when they come back on, the House of Black have surrounded the ring with the Young Bucks and Kenny O'Malley mega in the center of the ring the lights go out again and when they come back on the house of black have vanished later on in the night it is announced we are going to get the elite versus house of black for the aew world trio championships and like uh stephen chambers says i agree the elite versus house of black going to be a great matchup but uh they they need to juice up this ahead of the there's only a what we only have a, like a week left before revolution we need some big angle either on dynamite or rampage to kind of get people more excited and into this matchup here well my question is how long has this been booked these two teams seem like they would have done something before this see what i mean and then yeah. this could actually just, just fill in somewhere but i, I think I don't know what Tony's doing or who's helping him or whatever, but it's almost, we call it a hot shot. He's almost hot shotting it as he goes. Yeah, this they, they should have started the build to this all the way back when the Elite won the Best of Seven series. I said that before the Best of Seven series with Death Triangle was over, that House of Black should have attacked them at the end of that series to set to set in motion the feud for Revolution. But we've only seen like slight teases, and this was like more of the same of a, like a slight tease that House of Black is coming and not really a big angle to really push this forward. Well, it needed something because, you know, the lights went out. So the people, you know, they're going to the, oh, what's coming up? And they come up or nothing comes up first, which was actually pretty good. Yeah. You expect somebody's got nobody coming. Somebody should have said they should pay their electric bill. So, so but, but it went, when it went out the second time and they were there, people danced. The house of life. So, it's a way to set it up, but there's there's no there's no meat to it. It's just yeah. it's just a match. That's so, that's find out. Yeah, it's gonna be a great match regardless, but they need to do some more to juice up the but, feud itself. But great matches really don't sell tickets. This is true. The great matches are great to start off. Then you fill in the story. You can have a story. Actually, the match can be less than perfect, a lot less than perfect, as long as you're following your story. I've seen it a hundred times. Some matches are good to start off with, then they come back and work this angle, and, and it's good. It gets, it gets over. The match is not nearly as good, but yet the story continues. Yeah, They'll overlook that, but I don't, I don't know. We'll have to see where this leads. 
we shall uh backstage we got two segments one from last wednesday and one for tonight we had first lexi nair is interviewing best friends when big bill uh lee moriarty and the guns come in and attack the best friends uh they laid them out hit them with lead pipes later on we see orange cassidy checking on them and asking who did this it was they say it was big big bill lee moriarty and the guns uh then we get later on in the night from last Wednesday after the Acclaim got their victory over the, the firm. They are jumped by Triple J, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett, Satam Singh, and, and uh, Sanjay Dutt. This is all leading up to the four-way matchup at Revolution. Uh, this was just quick segments, but yeah, it's just trying to fill in the blanks for stuff that probably should have happened on Dynamite. I mean, those backstage segments are all not unwatchable, but I mean, it's, they're like 45 seconds. I've said this before. They're 45 seconds long, and all of a sudden, see, again, I go back to my comment. People will believe to you make them disbelieve. Now, the disbelief comes in. Somebody is doing an interview, and all of a sudden, the guy jumps him from the front. Don't Can't you roll your eye a half an inch and see the guy coming? At least have them come through the side or throw something in your do something, and then they just beat the crap out of them. I, I, I don't get that. I mean, make it a little more in the realm of believability, and you'll get a lot more out of it. Well, that's that's my belief, anyway. I agree. Uh, next we had the women's matchup Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale My god, Willow Nightingale Got a pop from this Phoenix crowd You would think that she's like <laughs> Oh, I'm telling you If they'd push that girl they She'd get over Because She's connecting with the crowd I don't want to say anything about her size But a lot of women Are the size And a lot of guys like big girls And she has a beautiful face and she goes out there and people like her. So they need to take the natural connectivity of her to the fans in general and make something out So she's good in the ring, too, and they like her. So, and like handsome Jimmy Vaillant, he couldn't wrestle his way out of a paper bag. But the people loved him, so he didn't have to wrestle. And Willow, she's actually good in the ring. So I think they could do something with her because they like what you – and her getting beat tonight didn't hurt her at all. They love her more. No, no. It's just making her more of a sympathetic baby face. And when you find talent like that, do something with it. It's that reaction fun. supported what we said last week, that Willow needs to be the one to break Jade's uh, streak. Uh, but this matchup was mostly just Willow selling uh, for the most part. She did get a little bit of offense and it went seven minutes. He eventually gets distracted by Soraya who gets into the ring. She's about to give her the doctor bomb, but then uh, Tony storm chop blocks her and then gives her storm zero for the victory here. Post-match Tony storm and Soraya are about to spray paint Willow. When Ruby Soho came comes out for the save. Eventually Jay, Jamie hater and Britt Baker come out 
out and brawl with Soraya and Tony Storm to the back. This is all leading up to Jamie Hayter defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Soraya and Ruby Soho. I thought this was a lot better executed than what we saw on Dynamite this week. And you got the established characters of, you know, Jamie and Britt representing the homegrown stars, Ruby Soho just looking out to get the AEW Women's World Championship, and then Soraya and Tony Storm are just the disruptors who are trying to cause chaos. Well, I do agree, and I think we've come to the conclusion that uh, the Willow girl, she needs to be pushed more. Yes. Jade's, Jade's record is going to have to be broken somewhere. I suggest, me and you suggest, have the underdog Willow do it. And now she's all of a sudden, she's come from the cellar to the penthouse. And because she's the underdog, <clears throat> and I think the people, I think that, that, didn't, that doesn't even hurt Jade. Yeah. At because the, the, the girl's good. So I'm going to call Tony tomorrow, and I'm going to say, listen, Tony, me and Sid were talking about this last night. <laughs> Let him know. Tell you something. So if you want to use it, you go ahead. You don't have to credit us or anything. Just give us, you know, give us a McDonald's like a free free hamburger or something, and, and we'll work for that. We'll so, take that. We'll take that. Yeah, that's the least you can do. But, but that's not our job. See, that's their job to see that in that girl. And if they don't see it, I don't know what it's going to take for them to see it. So. Hopefully, hopefully they come around. They'll come around some way, somehow. Uh, we did get a quick segment, a quick promo from Jay Cargill talking about her being 53-0 and 0 and being a star. And she welcomes all competition to step up to the plate. I don't know if this is a way to get her on the pay-per-view card with like an open challenge, but we shall see. Uh, next, we had a quick little squash match, but it was good news because Lance Archer is back. And not only is Lance Archer back, he's back with Jake the Snake Roberts. I was so you heard the pop when they said with Jake the Snake Roberts. This tells you that they like this combination here. This was quick and to the point. It only went two minutes. Basically, Lance Archer destroys someone exactly what he should have done with his return. So I like I like Lance Archer being back. I like that Jake the Snake Roberts is back with him. So I was totally fine with this. Oh, it was a pop for Jake. But Jake has that history. I mean, from from years ago and, and up to now. And he's fought an uphill battle too. He's the one who stole my short clothesline, by the way. I told you that, right? Yes, you have told me that. He has never thanked me for it. He just took it and run with it. When he started using it on WWE on, on that platform, which is much bigger than a Memphis platform, they thought he, it was his move. And when I used it, they said, oh, you stole that from Jake. I said, no, he stole it from me. They said, yeah, right, right, whatever, whatever. <laughs> whatever you say, Dutch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but Jake... Jake uh, him and Lance actually make a pretty good duo out there. Yeah. And if uh, and Lance is almost the type who could be, if they had a heel big enough, you know, they could have Lance a big baby face. Easy. Very quickly. And that's what you look for in guys. You look, can they, can they go this way or that way? Of course, it depends on who they're going up against. But, and Lance has gotten a lot bigger. 
he's put on like 20, 25 pounds at least. So I didn't know he played college football. Yeah. Where do you play at? Texas? I'm, I'm, I believe so, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's, yeah. I think that's where he's built from. So I think that's probably, probably correct. Yeah. We had him in TNA, but I can't remember what name he used then. Lance Hoyt. Lance Hoyt. That is his real name, right? Uh, yes, that is his real name. Yeah. yeah. Hoyt. That was his name. I was trying to think that night, and I'm going, damn, I, am I that damn brain adult that I can't even remember his name? But it was he, Lance. And, and he's a good guy, too. Really good guy. He used to be tag team partners with the late, great Jimmy Rave in the Rock and Rave connection. I remember that. And Jimmy Rave was a good guy, too. So, and a really shame what happened to him. Yeah. So, I, I liked him a lot. Easy to get along with, good guy. Finally, the last couple of segments here. First, we had a backstage uh, interview. Dustin Rhodes and Keith Lee issue a challenge to Swerve Strickland and his mogul affiliates. It's going to be a tag team match next Friday with Swerve accepting. So that's set up for the Cow Palace in San Francisco for a live edition of Rampage. And then we have the main event, Sammy Guevara versus uh, Action Andretti. This one was a really good matchup. This was like a high-flying base matchup with both guys kind of uh moving and it was fun there was some technical aspects to it as well i think the final couple of minutes were very very strong between the two guys and it ends with daniel garcia getting involved as action andretti was looking for a split like if moonsault daniel garcia behind the referee's back clotheslines him off the top this leads to sammy guevara hitting the gth for the win here this match went nine minutes so a good chunk of time but it was taken away a little bit by the last commercial break so it could have got more time but this was a good way to end the show a good main event here what did you think dutch i thought it was great i didn't see it i know (laughs) know, but but i'll take your i'll take your word for it and the reason i don't watch the last night on rampage is because this is here where I'm sitting here is in another room and, and I got to come in and set it up. I've, I've already explained that. So you have, but it's, it was, it was, if you say it was good, I'm going to take your word for it because I have learned to trust you. So and Stephen Chambers says it's a good match. So well, Stephen says it, it's got to be good. because you know, That's how you know people. Uh, <laughs> Dutch, let the people know where they can follow you on social media and what you got going on this weekend or during the week before we come back next week. Well, follow me on uh, Twitter, which I'm going to try to get off Twitter. I'm going to try to go to YouTube because I think it's better. I think YouTube since Elon Musk, and I kind of like him, but I don't think Twitter's as good now as it was before. You it's very me? toxic. I mean, I I used to get stuff I kind of enjoyed. Now I'm not even getting that anymore. So anyway, uh, Dirty D Mantel on Twitter and on YouTube, uh, I think it's Dirty Dutchman One. And you can always email me at Dirty Dutch Mantel with two L's at gmail.com. I have two books that are, and I'm writing the third one now. I'm coming up. I have two books, uh, Tales from a Dirt Road and The World According to Dutch. And if you would like those books, call me up and I'll, I'll run down the deal to you. And I've even, while supplies last, I got a bunch of old WCW trading cards. 
and you get and I'll sign the card and you'll get it free. Very nice. Only supplies last because I got like like four hundred of them. They made like two million cards. <laughs> you got to get rid of those things. Those are so are signed. Well, thanks everyone for joining us tonight for another edition of Smack Talk. We got Safet in the chat who says Liv versus Rhea next week. You got Roman Reigns returning next week. Ronda and Shayna versus Natalia and Tegan Knox on SmackDown. Rampage's got Keith Lee and uh, D- Dustin Rhodes versus Swerve Strickland and Parker Bordeaux. So some good matchups lined up for both shows next week. So join us back here 11.05 p.m. Eastern time for Smack Talk. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at true hill sp3 i'll be live tomorrow at 11:05 a.m eastern time on the true hill heat youtube channel true hill heat 214 it will be myself miss chrissy love and special guest rob wilkins of fightful we'll be talking about this week in wrestling battle in the valley elimination chamber kenji muda's grand finale the final matchup for kenji muda was this week we're going to be talking about all of that whether vince mcmahon is back on wwe creative join us live tomorrow Tomorrow for True Hill Heat 214, and we'll discuss all of that tomorrow. And me and Dutch will be back with Rick. Shout outs to Rick. Hope the kids are doing well. Hope you're feeling better. We he will be back with us next Friday, right here on Smack Talk on Wrestle Binge by Sports Kita and the Sports Kita Wrestling uh, Facebook page as well. So for Dutch, it is me, it is me, your true hill phenom SP3. And that has been Smack Talk.